Hello, hello. It has been a minute since the Hepworths have sat down and done a podcast. And we open up a little bit as to where the heck we have been, but we think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Um, we literally sat down, pressed record in our podcast studio and just started talking. And this honestly gives you kind of a small peephole into what a typical conversation with Zach and I looks like. So uh, it's vulnerable. You, We both kind of, I guess, walk through some um, verbal processing and revelation just as we were recording this podcast. So yeah, hopefully this podcast episode will make you feel a little bit better about rest, about Sabbath, about resetting, about failure, and maybe everything in between. So enjoy, and we are so happy to be back. So it has been a minute since you guys have heard our voices, since we made a podcast. I think the last podcast was, what would you say it was? About six months ago. It puts us around like February. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, this is, we're going to call this the second part of season two and uh, the pause in between the first part of season two. And now we're picking up, I guess, with something like, the 500 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of silence. <laughs> it's been a while since we've got to just kind of share our hearts and share, just interview people and talk and um, unpack things. And yeah, so I'm excited to start this phase two, which we hope to be consistent about. And Zach and I were just sitting here talking before we pressed record and we were like, oh man. Uh, maybe there's so many topics that are worthy of being shared and you know un- unpacking but I was like maybe we should just talk about failures for the last uh, I don't know six months and he's like babe we haven't failed it's just been uh you know what did you call it well it's just challenges challenges I mean, yeah <laughs> I guess in my mind failure is is sort of like a final thing like totally. Which is so funny that you and I even just coming out of the gate view failure different because to me failure is trying to go over a hurdle and tripping even mm. though a lot of tracker runners you keep going but to me hitting one hurdle would be marked as failure not whether or not you finished the race. Interesting. So it's funny how we even define failure differently. Even I wonder if that would be an Enneagram thing, yeah. three thing where it's like, oh, you made one mistake, you're a failure. I wonder. Because <laughs> like for me, failure is the acceptance of defeat. Like you let something get the better of you and you give up. Right. And that's the fail in my mind. It's along the way. Mentally or physically or what? Well, along the way, what's happening is you know, you have a thesis, you start out in life with like, oh, I want to accomplish this. Like, let's just say our podcast thesis. We're like, we're going to get into it. We're going to do one season. We're going to do two seasons. And then we're going to do three and four. And we're just going to stay consistent and go strong. That was the thesis out of the gate. And we started off really good. And then, you know, things happened in life and there were some new challenges presented to us. And we weren't able to accomplish what we initially set out to do. But it doesn't mean that we were going to give up on the podcast. Right. So, so I, to me, it's just like it's a new it's challenge. a new angle of the challenge. It's a yeah. new problem to solve. I know because I'm sitting here thinking that I don't. It's like funny when you process something cerebrally and you know how silly it is and how not true and not like it's truly not truth. Like I can sit here and say, OK, wait. So does that mean that Jesus failed if he entered challenge? Like 
no, of course he didn't fail at anything. But for me, for some reason, I right. equate failure as a challenge. Yeah. So I need to kind of, pr- it's probably just a kind of redefining process of like, okay, what's a challenge? What's failure? Because you're right. Failure is a kind of a final thing. But my question for you would be, well, what if you, you know, sometimes you just kind of tap out mm-hmm. and you're like, honestly, I'm so defeated, but you still run through the motions because family needs to be fed or bills need to be paid or, you know, fill in the blank. Would you mark that as failure if you mentally feel defeated in your whatever, but you're still physically running through the motions of a thing? Yeah, see, I guess in my my head immediately when you ask that question, for me, I think about a baseline versus optimization. Like, are you just running at some sort of, you know, normal baseline, which is maybe what you call like a bare minimum, or are you working towards optimization? So I don't think like a lot of things in life I don't think are pass-fail, right? I think we've been given a pass-fail model from our schooling system system, and education. And I don't think it's a very accurate way of actually looking at relationships. I know for sure, um, you know, that doesn't help to look at marriage through that lens. It definitely doesn't help, uh, you know, looking at your career through that lens necessarily because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stories of people who, you know, you you could say failed early on in their career. You could define like one of, you know, they went out to do something and they accepted defeat and it was right. like final failure. But, you know, that actually also brought along new insights, which then... And then it becomes the underdog Cinderella story. Yeah, right. <laughs> so while, you, you know, obviously... So you're saying even failure is technically not failure? It, de- I think it depends. Like, I, so I, again, I think it's it's just more nuanced. And so... Are you trying to tell me he makes beauty for ashes? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Are you trying to tell <laughs> oh No, God. but like you're saying That's essentially awesome. that, yeah. like that yeah. what, no, what human deems as failure, God yeah. deems as mold. I think that's clay. more than a really cute saying. Yeah. yeah I, think it's, I think it's really powerful. Like, I do think that there are... Obviously, there's a lot of like theological ramifications to that statement. I think there's a lot of like you know spiritual uh, implications to what's being said there, but I also think it's really practical. So let's talk about just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, totally. I was just gonna say like I think it's practical in the sense that yes, from the ashes, often, I mean, from you know temporary setbacks to misunderstandings and things of that nature. There's a lot of information that if we're willing to take the time to sift through those moments mm-hmm. and like what I would say, like integrate those moments into our mind, into our soul, then there's a lot of information that's going to help us move forward from there. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have seen that a lot. For sure. In our lives. So For sure. And it's yeah. interesting because it's like when you're being obedient, there's no such thing as failure. So like if it's not like you just said, it's not this pass fail type of thing. We try and use these measurements like you just said to like wrap, create this little like ecosystem out of how we spend our lives and the actions we do like. And it's interesting because it's like the Lord asks you to do something. Do you think that would be a pass or fail? And that would be a fit like you're either failing or you're not. That's what I want to ask you is, is like if you think back to whether it was like a trip or whether it was a community project or like some something in the community or it was a job or something that you felt like God called you to. Mm -hmm. Like you really felt that God was leading you to go to this place Mm -hmm. and serve these people and work with these people, you know, and maybe 
at some point you felt like there was grace to leave that mm-hmm. right you may not have accomplished all the things you thought you were going to oh, accomplish for sure D- would you consider though what you put into it would you consider that a failure no of course not because i think like you know god works with that little and seasons and knowing the season you're in and all that it's just it's it's interesting how I view things very, very much black and white. Pass, fail. Pass, fail. A hundred percent. So if you were to, s- um, and I don't think, I think of my life in many failures or many victories. I don't think of the vast, like, macro level of failure or not. Like, and so it's funny how this conversation started because it just started in a little tiny <laughs> conversation of like, wow, <laughs> we've been really busy. And in the busy, a lot of things have slipped through the cracks, which I have defined as failure and mm. you have not. Because you're right. like, no, that's not doesn't mean we're failing this. It just means that we're thriving in this. We have a lot to work on in some areas yeah. and we're doing really well in others. But it's interesting because then when you translate that to, um, you know, let's just say parenthood. I don't think, oh, I'm failing as a mom if I've lost my temper or if I've done something. But I think in that little tiny mini episode, oh, I just failed. So like, like I'm if you forgot something, like maybe you forget. No, every little, I feel like every 20 minutes of my life is a mini series of a pass fail, mm. kind of like a failure or victory thing. So then you translate that into big, th- you know, you the mi- micro scale of, I don't know being a daughter, being a wife, being a mother, like those are probably the most narrow, but then you expand it into this macro of like as a citizen, as a human, as a, you know, and it's like now I'm realizing why it feels like maybe I'm running on a treadmill all the time is because I'm seeing things more from the failure vantage point versus the setback or challenge like we started this conversation at of like, I feel like this is turning into a therapy session. (laughs) 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 Unintentionally. No, this is good to like verbally process this all. But it's just interesting um, how black and white I make it and how you don't. And it's interesting how little tiny things bother me, but little tiny Mm -hmm. things don't bother you. So when you're constantly measuring yourself, well, for the most part, things can, well, but like for the most part, it's everything's water on a duck's back with you. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Water off a duck's back. Whatever. So, uh, but with me, little tiny things really bother me because now that's a direct variable to whether or not, oh, is that going to set me up or is that going to, you know, screw me over to pass fail my next opportunity. And so it's interesting because I'm also not naturally inclined to rest. Mm. So with the mentality that I have where it's like, okay, every single thing is this pass fail experience in life. Now I'm not able to strive to enter the rest the same way that you are, you know, or that you fight for our family to, Cause I'm sitting here thinking, wait, but I just failed. I didn't earn rest, you know? Mm. And that's kind of my thing, right? Like it's so hard for me to turn my mind Got off because there's just always so many dreams to be like, s- you know, right. sought after. And a lot of them are soaked in like God breathed things, right. you know, like the poor orphans, what like these things. So it's like hard to talk yourself. Poor, yeah. So it's hard to justify to your mind. Oh, you should rest when it's like, Oh, but now I have like this two hour, right you know, window. And right. I just, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So I'm going to do that instead of truly step into a Sabbath. Yeah. You know? So let me ask you a question. So you think of rest as something that you earn. Yeah. And so funny because today's verse, 
Well, it's Hebrews 4, uh, verse 1. And the very first, let me look it up. The very first thing, you know, it's the whole famous um, chapter of um, strive to enter the rest. Okay, so Hebrews, yeah, 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. So let me just pull it up here. Hebrews. All right, so... Now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today, so we must be extremely careful to ensure that all we all that we all embrace the fullness of the promise and not fail to experience the rest he has for us. <laughs> That's hilarious. That just is what I read this morning. Oh, wow. um, and hilarious. it's in the Passion Translation. But no, that's hilarious fail. that the way that we're even, the no, language we're using right now. Uh, verse 2, For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they joined their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. That's good. And also on the fail thing, really quick, I would almost guarantee that that's a really crude translation of the Greek, right? I bet you that fail isn't a good word for what they're trying to say. It would be my imagination. So let me ask you this. Now we're bringing failure and rest, and these two are starting to coexist within this conversation. Would you say rest is a pass-fail? No, I wouldn't. I do have something to add to it, too, okay. because like as you're speaking, one of the things that comes to my mind, something that has been a fascinating concept to me for a while that I'm always trying to understand is the concept of diminishing returns. Right. So I'm just going to read the definition. It says proportionately smaller profits or benefits derived from something as more money or more energy is invested in it. So. If you look at a chart, if you pull up a chart, it's like a, a curved chart for um, diminishing returns. You'll see increasing returns. It'll go up into the right. And then there's a point of maximum yield at the top. But then once you get over that point of maximum yield, you start to get negative returns. Maximum yield. Would so you define that as rest? I would. <laughs> I would say. So good. Yeah, I would say that in rest, you get a maximum yield. But there's a point to where you're putting too much energy or maybe too much resources or too much money or too mm-hmm. much effort even. I think we can do that spiritually where it's like we're going to pray down a door or yeah, for you know, sure. pray down a mountain. Like totally. there's a mentality, you know, that says the more you pray, the more God moves. And I think that there is, you know, it puts all the effort on us as these finite beings that we can do everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we forget about things like diminishing returns where it's like we get to the point where we're just putting too much energy mm-hmm. and too many resources at it and nothing is changing. We like move, that Timothy Keller message that you listened to a couple weeks ago, or I guess we both listened to it. Um, Which one was that? The one where he's like, you're trying to like out-spiritualize your situation. Oh, yeah. And yeah. kind of expand a yeah. little bit on that. yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's the idea that, you know, uh, we can just pray more or we can go to church more or read our Bible more. Or fast more. Or, yeah, he uses yeah. all those experience examples. And that our lives are just going to magically change when really rest is this really long window of uh, really it's a long window of a lifetime of learning how to be in a rhythm with God. 
Mm-hmm. Like rest is man's natural rhythm with God. Mm-hmm. Right? Like even the Hebrew calendar or day. Hebrew, I think it's Hebrew or maybe it's the Greek. Oh shoot. I was listening to podcasts. Anyway, um their Sabbath the, it starts at nighttime. So the first thing mm. you're doing is resting. So right. it it breaks down all the Genesis one and it just talks about how like even that's, that's why the Lord <laughs> made nighttime technically the start of the day. Mm. Is so man starts with rest. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, I think that that's it's this thing we learn over a lifetime is like how to rest and there's a lot of things um I think that motivate us not to rest. Uh, I think that like comparison culture motivates us not to rest. I think that scarcity mindset you know, that really encourages us not to rest. Um, I think, like, pass, fail. Um, Wrong you know, mindsets. Yeah, like, just, like, like being too critical on ourselves. Entertainment. Mm-hmm. All these things. It just robs us. Yeah. That's interesting. So would you say, um, like, are there things, are there practical tools that you could give to someone if somebody says, Zach, I don't even know how to where to begin with rest because like you were telling me the other day the reason such busy people get things done is because they create systems and they create schedules so that's why they don't have time to sit around and just scroll on TikTok or fill in the blank you, you were like they literally like Elon Musk from the time he wakes up to the you know or Beyonce all these people it's like they're getting so much done because they're busy so every <laughs> so would you say that would be one tool is just like literally scheduling your rest well i would say that those are really bad examples yeah. of people that rest <laughs> um, <laughs> like elon is famous that for just came to mind because i'm just thinking of people who are like running you know yeah multiple well i think i think it's important organisms to, yeah i think it's important to for me think about who how i want to model my life right um I think to have the like ultimate pinnacle of success like Elon Musk has, you know, I think you kind of have to, you know, really like do it in your own strength and just like run after it and, and sacrifice a lot. Like he's sacrificed a ton, you know, he's sacrificed multiple marriages and I'm sure, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, important things in life that he's had to sacrifice that, you know, we don't know about. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I think that level of success comes with a massive cost. And I think that that is uh, the antithesis of rest. Right. It's restlessness. Like, yeah. I think what drives him is like restlessness. Like he has this vision, his mission. And sure, like there are a lot of really amazing things that come from it, but it has a real cost to it. Right. So I think and like to go back to your, you know, to your question, I think that that what you brought up like systems and time management is really important to give us boundaries to rest. Right. So you can use time management and systems to like really like scale things and put the gas on everything and like just go, 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 go. Or you can utilize it to build these boundaries and still be efficient and effective, but also like give yourself some time to rest and relax. And I think Mm -hmm. as you know, peculiar people, Christians, this unique group of individuals in society, I think we have a direct, you know, I don't think we do, we do have a direct command 
to rest. Mm-hmm. Like it is something that God is asking us to do, saying like, hey, you need to rest. So for don't us, murder people and rest. What? Like, <laughs> like the Ten Commandments. Oh. Like that's how important it is, is that he included it in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rest, like, yeah, don't kill, don't steal, like all these things. So yeah, what has to be the really, nucleus really of rest for it to be rest? Tell me what... What is rest? Can you tell me what you mean by the nucleus of rest? Like, because what I heard when I heard you talking about the Elon Musk thing, you were like, "What I see drives him is success." You know, all those kinds of things. So, what drives true Selah rest? Like mm. connection? Yeah. Or would you say connection? Yeah, that's what I would say. Would okay. you say is connection? I would because it's crazy how powerful you feel when you feel connected, obviously to the Lord, but to your family, to those yeah. people that you're, um, you know actually resting with and um yeah it's interesting because you can't um you can't create it you can't um like it's just so it has to be organic that's the thing and authentic with connection and it's just like oh you know if it's fake right and when you're getting into your imposter syndrome for me, when I can feel myself start to like, ooh, I'm running through the motions and I'm like, I'm kind of losing my spirit here. I, I, I'm getting burnt out a little bit. I When I go back into, okay, well, let's go back and start from the beginning. When was the last time you rested? Oh, well, I rested last week. I, I didn't do anything Saturday. I hung off the family. Okay, but did you connect? Was connection your actual driving force of that mm. quote rest so or were you just so exhausted you turned into a sloth and put on a movie for the kids and then you put on a like movie and took off. a nap yeah like, like, like turned off oh and like yeah it's like self-preservation oh like yeah you're just like trying to conserve all your energy versus like putting your energy towards connecting yeah you know like i yeah, love the way jefferson beth key and um john mark comer explain their sabbath is that they always talk about how it's like I think they do it from Friday night to Saturday night. And they talk about how every week it's like Christmas. It's like they come around the table. It's straight Shabbat. You have candlelit. I mean, they kids cook are, a lot, they right? cook. Like it's centered around food. good, healthy, yeah. whole food. Like, And I just think about how, like, you never step away from Christmas. Well, hopefully not. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're trying to build is for our family to be connected at Christmas. Because some families, you come away from Christmas and you're like, dang, that was terrible. But mm. for the most part, we don't have Christmases where we think that was absolutely, I dreaded that day. That was so bad. Right. You come across, you, you're giving each other benefit of the doubt. You're forgiving each other. You're not letting offense and cripple up. You're like, oh, yeah, it's Christmas. We're going to, you know, and, and you're like celebrating each other. You're There's just so much festive, like in the air. Mm. It's spirit of just like, I mean. Christ, celebration right? yeah. yeah like it's centered around like there's just so it's so it's such a beautiful day and so when you look forward to sabbath each day of your week to that of like oh okay ah like what what kind of food do we want to feast on together what kind of family game or do we want to create the let's you haven't seen a movie in a while like family let's go see a movie like there's that just like that's the driving force and that is the focus and you're not on your phone trying to make a deal you're not texting you know the crew back you're not like worried about your instagram because you're like this this unit these people that are in front of me this is what matters and you're connected there and you know for me it's really hard when you're not connected to your family to really feel like connected it's just such a correlation of connection to family and connection to the lord and so, um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. It opens up yeah. kind of that. As you were describing that, like I was getting this like picture in my head 
and this phrase in my head, which is celebration brings clarity to connection because those holidays, you know, one of the main goals is to like celebrate each other. And it's funny. I was thinking as you were saying that when I celebrate people, I was even like just thinking about a meeting I had with, you know, some friends that I was catching up with earlier today. And it was like we were celebrating one another and why I felt so connected to them. So I was like seeing this and I was thinking like, why do you connect two things? Like, why would you connect two pieces of wood with a screw? Like what happens? Well, it brings support, mm-hmm. right? And it brings strength. And so connection, and I feel that when so I'm connected true. to you, when I'm connected to my friends, when I'm connected to you know people I'm working with. You feel with, stable and supported. You feel, you feel strength. Totally. You feel support, right? You feel, you know, yeah, it, it's just like it's stabilizing. It's stabilizing. You know, it's so funny is I was just talking this morning to someone about how crazy of a bond it is being a bridesmaid. Like you'll like not know people and then you'll go to a bachelorette and you're like, I freaking die for you, girl. Yeah. Like yeah, all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. but the common denominator is celebrating yeah. this bride. Wow. And it's like, yeah, there's so something about that. oh, it's crazy. And all of a sudden you, you bond over, you know, this, you know, like we just said, supporting, celebrating mm-hmm. in this case. I mean, what a beautiful metaphor. Celebrating the bride would create connection that right. you feel is, un, you know. Right, unmatched. Yeah, for sure. And so I think um I think we might be on to something here. <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool no, conversation. It's definitely something I wanna like explore in yeah. my own time. And uh yeah, like how do you s- think that we could implement. implement rest better? I mean, for the f- reason this is even kind of sensitive and w- this is all just raw conversation, obviously, between Zach and I, but this has been someone we've really felt close to the Lord. Like even yesterday, Zach looked at me and was like, Elizabeth this is a command from the Lord for us to lean into rest in this season, not this week, not this month, like this season. And I don't know how long this season is going to be. And you were like, had a really serious look in your face. And I was like, yeah. And so for me, it takes a lot of following, staying in Zach's shadow so that I make sure that I'm abiding into the rest because it doesn't come natural. And it takes so much like, you know, support from you. And so what would you like, what does it look like for someone to activate rest in their life? And like when, when we're reading Hebrews and it says strive to enter, like what does that look like right now? That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, like the other day when I came to you after, you know, I've been contemplating some shifts in our life and like really just like praying about some things that are changing for us and, I really felt a strong conviction from God saying, hey, you're not in this phase of like building, going after things right now. Like you guys are in this place. We need to really just kind of look inward to one another and as a family unit and really rest. And so I guess I don't really know exactly what that means. Um, I have a few ideas and it might spark some things. I think I think what it primarily means uh, to start is becoming more connected to one another. So I do think that there are, you know, and we all know this. I don't know how to like quantify it, but we all know there's levels of connection with people. We have different varying levels of connection with different types of people. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, as a husband and wife, that's one of the deeper connections that can exist in life if you're intentional with it. And I just, I feel like for us, like God is bringing us into a deeper connection right now. And I think it's because, I think it's in preparation for something. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there are opportunities that are going to open up for us in the next six months to a year that we need to be connected for. Right. Like we really just, we we need to connect in a new way. Like Mm -hmm. like just because you connected to somebody in one season doesn't mean you're going to connect with them in the next season if you're not intentional. Because we're all growing. Yeah. We all have questions that we're asking ourselves. We're asking God. We're asking society. There's all sorts of growth that's happening mentally, spiritually, in our hearts. All sorts of things that are churning up and constantly, you know, coming to the surface. Uh-huh. And so we always have to check in with each other and and really bring those to one another and discuss them and define them and, you know, be open to being challenged by one another so that we can grow in connection. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that I sometimes feel like the way that we've been taught to approach relationships is like, if you connected in one season, you're connected forever. Right. But that's why you see friends say things like, or marriages say things like we just grew apart. It's like, that's so good. Well, typically it's like one person grew and the other didn't, or they grew in separate directions. Yeah. And maybe they even wanted the same thing but never communicated it. So they both just went off on their own and grew. Yeah, so totally even communication stems from rest, right? I think it allows – Resting allo- together. Yeah, I think it allows, you know, time and space for things to surface. Right. Right? Because when you just keep going, like, I don't know, the best way I could imagine it is what if you were in a grocery store and you had a cart and you just kept going around the store putting things in your cart but you never checked out? Right. Yeah. There would be no end to the stuff that was spilling over your cart and, you know, that was just falling out of your cart. You got to unload it as as you walked around the store. Right. At some point you you've got to, you know, check out. You've got to like sit down, put all of your take all of your items out of your basket and evaluate. Yeah. What's going on? You know, I kind of see this picture of. um like if you and I were on a boat, let's just say like we were on the row team and like some seasons I've been the one that's paddling and you're just sitting there just kind of chilling just like and then other seasons you're paddling and I'm like and then other seasons you and I I've paddled this direction. You've paddled this direction. So we're actually just going in circles because we're mm. not on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, um, you know, in this season, it's very much I can feel the Lord being like paddled together. Right. In, in the same direction, on the same page. And I think rest is kind of the starting point for that. And you said something yesterday. Um, we went on a, like a little mini date, if you will, to the gym. <laughs> but before, Zach was like, this is not up for question. We're going to go warm up and this little mini hike. And I was like kind of annoyed because in my head, I just hadn't like planned for that. And I was just like, oh, gosh, okay. And um, as we were getting out of the car... I was like, okay, well, are you going to wear your AirPods and I'll wear mine? We'll just both separately listen to music. And you were like, no, I don't listen to music when I'm out in nature. It distracts me. And I was thinking about that this morning, how I was like, man, he eliminated distraction. Most people, I mean, this is not to, I mean, I'm a huge worship person, worship music person. But I just thought it was really beautiful how most people would use that worship song to can which is great there's i mean that the lord you've done that 
Like, but you were like, I, I can't afford to be distracted. Like, because especially the Lord speaks to you through nature, all those things. And so I just, the motion of you, me opening my AirPods, putting them in and then seeing you put them back in and then setting them apart. And then you just walking up the hill. There are a lot of things that I took from that. Just watching you a eliminate the distraction. And you were like, no, I need to, I need to hear the Lord. (laughs) And then B, um, you went outside like just the action of like, and you you're you've always been really good at that of knowing. Okay, I I hear and meet the Lord best. <laughs> Honestly, not at home, like yeah, being outside. Yeah. yeah, and Absolutely. so did Jesus. Like, and so you knowing. Okay, I'm going to move my body. I'm going to, uh, and that was like restful for you. And yeah. like seeing. Okay, so often we're defining rest as this like you know, just sitting back doing, and I know that in, you know, the last couple of years, culture's done a good job of realizing that rest is more of a reset for your mind. Right. And so, and that's obviously not some new revolutionary thought, but I just, I took from watching you yesterday as like, and the funny thing is on the way there, that's when you were correcting me about like, okay, this is, we would need to step into this rest. This is not an option. This like, and just, just watching you lead obviously by example. And, um, and it's just little things that you wouldn't even notice that I was just like, oh, man, that's really, really cool. And so with that being said, I think that that would be something I would like to learn to apply. I just so often use these. Uh, I look to worship music. I look to these different or even devotions are these beautiful things that are God breathed. Uh, but I'll, I'll use it as this tool when the Lord is like, take all those things away right now. Sure. Like in some seasons, he's asked me to use them. But I I, I see this invitation now to be like, remove all these things. Like, can you hear my voice with just nature, J- just your Bible, just the word of God? Would that be enough yeah. to hear me clearly? And like just right. developing that confidence and that connection and that clarity and that. And that is what, you know, carving out that space in your spirit and your mind and your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> you hear them. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. And then it's amazing when you come back from a revolution with the Lord or I do. And, and then all of a sudden you're, you're asking questions, you're inquiring, and then you're able to, you know, have revelation through my revelation or what vice yeah. versa. And then yeah. you're breeding this experience and you're able to, you know, just, it, it just gives you vision. It gives you. Yeah, absolutely. So much confidence. And I think For that's sure. even in Hebrews four, right. that's probably the confident rest yeah. that <laughs> they're referring to. <laughs> I think it's like you brought up a really good point about tools, you know, like all these things we're describing, like getting out of nature, you know, moving your body, um, listening to worship music, singing your own worship music, even if you don't consider yourself somebody who's a good singer. Um, You know, all these different things are tools. But, you know, you got to know when to use certain tools, like some tools are used for like, you know, laying a foundation and and getting a bigger framework, like a broader piece of work. Like, let's say, you know, you're building like a bench or something. You know, it's like you're going to use maybe power tools to, you know, really, you know, really set in the uh, framework of that, you know, um, piece of furniture that you're building. But then when you get down to like the real fine woodworking, you're going to use like, not power tools usually, maybe like, but if you're hand making and handcrafting a piece of furniture and it's not mass scale, you're probably not using these power tools. You're probably using these like hand tools that are really, really fine, you know, pointed, 
detailed to it, right? It's so good. So sometimes, you know, you, like me, I would consider worship music to be a broad tool that sets a framework for me. Yeah. Where it's like, Agreed. I go in and I, f- I have this like, this kind of big experience, not big, but like broad Invitation. experience with God. Yeah. It's like, I'm feeling something broadly, his presence broadly. Right. Like it's, it's, it's either it's filling me with joy. Maybe it's filling me with a sense of peace. Right. Mm-hmm. But usually in a corporate worship setting, I'm not like getting down to the details of like where I'm at in life. Totally. You know, because we're moving to the next song and we're, and then we're moving eventually into the sermon. And I think that that's a powerful experience, but I also think likewise, it's so powerful to get alone and eliminate any other voices except yours and the Lord's Mm -hmm. and to get into the fine detail and really get into like the intimate details, you know, sort of the craftsmanship of, you know, that piece of furniture. Yeah. And I think the relationship and the friendship that's cultivated in that private place, um, hopefully would turn kind of our face and our spirits to this, like, Oh my gosh, rest this week. But oh my gosh, I get to step into this. Like I, right. I it, it's harder to not rest than to rest, right? Because yeah. you become so addicted. Yeah. Um, just oh my gosh, you yeah. know, the face and the the voice of God, and it's it's overwhelming for sure. That's really good, babe. I had a quick question. Yeah, Two, yeah. Like a question. I'll ask you this, and you can ask me this, Kay. and then we can sort of wrap this uh, initial um, season two part two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me. Um, what? keeps you from resting the most you know um we did an episode on this i think at some point talking about the providers complex and how you had a beautiful revelation on um that you know the lord is our ultimate provider and that we've had this complex that we are the one who set up opportunities and clients and you know whatever fill in the blank and i think what stops me from resting um would be that kind of mentality of like, but this is a good, like, I, Lord, I want to provide for my family. Like, I mean, do you remember a couple months ago I had this, um, I remember we did Sabbath, we turned our phone off and I was like, you know what? It was like, I was so inspired by, you know, gosh, anytime John Mark Comer and any of those amazing communicators share. Upper room podcast that you listen to on the Sabbath. No, I don't, I, it was John Mark Comer yeah. about, and he's like, turn your phone off, you know. So I turned my phone off, and of course that night I get a phone call of the easiest real estate transaction, and the oh, the yeah. the offer was due that night. Was it both? Sides? And it was both sides. It was probably I don't know eighty k, of just like simple. You know, it was like, but this person was like, hey, I want to use you as my real estate agent, but the offers are due tonight. I need you to call me back, you know. And of course, my phone's off and I'm like, just like, oh, Lord, look at me, Sabbathing in the next morning. And that took me months to get over. Remember, I was like, I felt like the Lord, that was just an alley-oop from the Lord of like, and um, anyway, with that being said, it was kind of this like that turn this peripheral kind of concept of like but if i rest i could miss out on this opportunity right this providing this moment of providing and it's such a silly thing to say out loud because cerebrally it's like oh really i'll miss this thing rather than missing the lord this thing he has you know this this actual command like but um it's that that oh but what if i miss this that stops me from resting for sure and you can even blanket it 
with, but it's for my family. Like I just want the best, you know, for my kids and I want them to have what I've never had or, or, you know, slap whatever sticker on it that makes you feel good. But it's like at the end of the day, right there, it's a pass fail. Did you or did you not? And, um, you know, for me, most of the time I did not, but I'm a work in progress. I'm not going to stop at the hurdle. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Haven't failed. All right. What about you? What stops you from resting? Well, like you said earlier, when we started having that revelation about the provider complex and we started exploring that together and realizing like, okay, um, you know, we really put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do everything. And, um, as Christians, as this peculiar people group, you know, these unique people in society, we're to look different. There's, there's a direct call to look different, to live different, to live a life of faith. And so what does that mean? And, you know, um, well, not always having to be the one driving or steering the ship, you know, all the time is a walk of faith. And so I think for me, I want to control, like, I guess you could say the amount of time and amount of work I put into something because I'm afraid that if I don't, then I'm not going to accomplish all the things that I feel that the Lord is calling me to accomplish. So for me, it is a, um, it's just like deep seated fear that I won't accomplish all the things that are in front of me. I I so relate to that. And I'm like, I don't want to. And it feels so justified. (laughs) It feels righteous. It does. <laughs> oh, is that not the tone of pride? It's self-righteous, it's right? Crazy. It's crazy. It's to earn it all. And and again, like I think that even in that, there are, and I've seen it and you've seen it, where I've worked harder than I've ever worked and mm-hmm. worked longer than I've ever worked mm-hmm. and nothing happens. And then, you know, I fall into the rest of God and it's like, yeah. The spigot turns on. Like AKA opportunity just falls out of the faucet. <laughs> it's like rest is truly the birthplace of humility. Yeah. yeah. And I also know like deep, deep, deep down in my soul that I really haven't earned a lot that I am getting to steward and participate in. Like it really has been a gift of grace from God. Like I haven't gone out and like pulled myself up by my bootstraps. And like done it all on my own. I've actually had to lean on my wife a lot. I've had to lean on my mother. I've had to lean on my community, good friends, pastors, Mm -hmm. like wise voices in my community. I've leaned into my community. And so there's this deep understanding Mm -hmm. in resting that, hey, you're not sustaining this on your own. Like God is literally providing the grace and the opportunity. And so, you know. I can't like beat my chest and, and yeah. say like, hey, I did it. You know? And I think that that would be a beautiful segue into part two of this because I think there's a lot kind of unpacking from this. But community, you open up on that. And I think yeah. that this kind of this space of um, confession is such a restful space that's so uncomfortable for our generation. For sure. Like, you know, in our small group of friends, we do a good job at confessing to each other. And I think that that, um, but when we don't confess, right. you can feel the lack of rest within our community right. and our dinner table and our right. meals. And it's like, Oh, this feels weird. Yeah. And you could even call like confession, clear communication. 
totally. clear and honest communication. Yeah, it's good, so good. Just we should unpack that more. Yeah, just not hiding behind, you know, hiding behind things. So Pride facade. Yeah. Fill in the blank. That. Well, okay. Sweet. Well, we'll continue this conversation and feels hopefully good to have you back. feels good to look at you. And so something we didn't even share is that we completed our podcast studio in our home. So um, there's even less um, excuses (laughs) to not show up. So um, make sure as you listen to this that you do write a review. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is, when you write reviews, it gets um, it changes the algorithm. So more people are able to listen to the conversation. So make sure if you're on Instagram, you are tagging us. If you're on TikTok, make sure you tag me. And we will look forward to our next conversation. Thank you guys so much.